it was a, a nicer a nice home it was full of trash i was shocked tons and tons of trash you walk through the house the whole place man it was just a complete wreck like imagine a house full of trash every single room was trash and mice and like they had actually destroyed the mice had actually destroyed so much of this house they had like burrowed in the walls and stuff like that it was completely wild and all of that kind of stuff so we did paper contract all the way to bring it to the title company mm-hmm. had to delay closing a couple times just because they were sick you know different things got it closed and then we proceeded to clean out the property What is up, everybody? We're back at you with Behind the Deal. We've got Mr. Bo Hollis here, Mr. Brady Winder. And guys, we're going to break down a deal today. We're going to kind of seed it in, then we're going to we're gonna chat a little bit. But we're going to break down a deal uh, where Bo and his company made $130,000 net profit on a deal. And they hauled out, what was it, nine dumpsters of trash from the deal, beautified the, the property, beautified the neighborhood. We're going to break down how that deal happened, where the lead came from. Uh, the trials, the tribulations through the prop- through the deal and how he profited six figures in the deal. But before we do, Bo, what's up, man? How's how's the last few weeks been, dude? It's been a bit. Man, um, it's been good. It's uh, last couple months have been kind of crazy, but other than that, um, life is good. Good. Life it's, is good. It's it, it's funny, man. Today I was looking at. I was just holding my baseball gloves here. I've got a couple. Got a couple of baseball gloves in the office. My younger brother started a a glove company and it blew up on uh, social media this week. It's on Barstool Sports. It's on like all kinds of everything. And I mean, there's like tens and tens and tens of thousands of likes and stuff. So I'm uh, I'm on that high with my brother kind of seeing him start a company and it's really fun. And so if any of you guys are starting companies, guys, there's an exciting part of it, but it takes a little bit. He's, He's been at it for over a year before it started to pop. That's all, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, Bo, um, I saw on, on your on your IG, we were just talking about it a little bit ago. Um, you're starting to post more content on IG. You're starting to get some uh, some good views over there. And before we dive in and break down this 130000 profit deal, why don't you kind of walk through um, what you're starting to do on IG? And I want people to go over and start to follow you over there on Instagram to see um, what you're doing on the investing side. But what are you starting to post over there? What can people expect to see? Yeah. So one of the things that we're started to do is, you know, I've been doing this, I guess for, man, it's been, it's like almost seven years now. It's Mm -hmm. it's crazy that I've been in the investing space this long. Uh, But I've been really kind of a, um, a behind the scenes kind of an individual for forever, you know, for my whole, whole time. Uh, Besides I post some stuff here and there, but uh, never really consistently showing like what we do the money that we make or that's possible for anybody to make. I've just really kind of been a um, a real behind the scenes guy. And I decided, you know what? Uh, let's let's share what what really happens in our life and the stuff that we encounter because it's so crazy, right? It's like crazy stuff happens to us. And I want to just share the entire story. So every single day we are posting behind the scenes stuff, stuff in our office, the deals that we're doing, uh, sales negotiation tactics, uh, and how to better your life, your family. And just have fun doing it and just hanging out with us. So if you guys are out there 
in social media world. Uh, we're on uh, Instagram, YouTube, those two things, TikTok, all those things. Yeah, basically at Bo Hollis. So you can look okay. me up. There's not many Bo Hollis's out there. There is one guy who's a musician. I'm trying to buy his name. So uh, <laughs> failed so far. So I love it. Well, dude, let's let's dive into the the side of the deal. So $130,000 net profit deal, nine dumpsters of trash. Yep. Um, let's let's start to dig into this. So, Bo, where kind of walk us through the deal at the high level, and then mm-hmm. we're going to go step by step on it. Where the where the lead come from? You know, all the way from the challenges that seller was facing, how you overcame the challenge, the whole thing. But high level, fifty thousand foot view. Uh, run us through this deal. So from start to finish this day, it took me 40 days to do this deal from the very first time. Um, I actually, let me backtrack a bit because I, I did say something that wasn't wrong. So it took me 40 days from when I closed the deal the first time I bought it because I wrote a check myself. I, I bought this property and then I, from 40 days from when I bought it, I resold it again to uh, the end buyer. So, but overall, the deal probably took me in the range of about 60 to 65 days, roughly from the very first time that I talked to the seller to getting to the closing table, um, to, to getting my, getting my check here in the closing statement, you know, of this new deal. So, uh, we have two closing statements here because, you know, it's all lies until you, until you show the money, right? It's, uh, it's all just fake, but, uh. Uh, so it took us about I don't know two months, roughly two months, two good months of working this deal out. Um, this was a deal that came, you know, really the start of this deal was a, a two-year-long journey on this deal because I had seen the seller. I uh, had done one other deal with the seller prior, about a year, a year prior, mm. roughly a year, year or so, year and a half, and that seller actually remained a friend with me on Facebook. Actually remained friends with me, and then I had posted a recent video on Facebook saying, "Hey, I'm looking to buy more properties." It, you know, kind of a the website video that I have on my Simply Sold website. I posted that video and just made a post about, "Hey, I'm looking to buy properties." The seller reached out to me and uh, through my Carrot website actually, and said, "Hey, I did a deal with you, you know, or I sold you this house at this time." I am looking to sell you another property so give me a call cool so reached out to them and um they said hey it's a little bit it's messy inside and um you know it's rough but come out and see it and i was like no problem so i went and saw it the next day and that's when we started to uh that's when the journey began dude so that that right there is something i want people to key in on so one thing i think is a big misnomer in the real estate investor space is a lot of people treat each transaction as that hey i'm never going to work with any one seller more than once i've heard that lots of times where people say well the retail side you need to build relationships but the wholesale side is transactional and you're just working with that seller once and guys with this one here that's the thing that Bo said is he treated that seller really really well they remembered him, but then number two, he made it so they remembered him because he was posting good content, right? And we talk about content here a lot about Carrot, that when you're in a competitive market, we need to stay in front of people and build authority, build authority and trust. And the only way, guys and guys, the only way to build authority is through content. It's by the spoken word. It's by sitting across from somebody. It's by showing people that you're doing things that can help them and showing that you're an expert and trustworthy along the way. So you posted that on there, came to the carrot site, opted in, 
what were what were the, any of the challenges that you had with the property when you were talking to the seller you showed up so we go to the house and uh it was a, a nicer a nice home in a nice neighborhood like mm-hmm. blue collar nice nice area probably worth 225 ish you know give or take but probably probably pretty close to that uh four beds two baths basement garage good good property in a good area we opened the front door though and it was full of trash Mm. i mean lots and lots of trash in this house and that was kind of um i was shocked when i when i when he opened the door i was expecting not just being a little rough but i was actually walking on trash Mm. you know actually just tons and tons of trash did you bring your snowshoes say what did you bring your snowshoes so you could like get around man no because i didn't tell me that it was a hoarder house so i was wearing my normal shoes and Mm. which for me like that that bothers me because i i gotta go in my garage and take off my clothes and (laughs) and leave my shoes outside kind of a thing so uh we go in there and it wasn't the gentleman's um home actually he was doing this to help out another family member uh, that he was related to. Mm-hmm. So he was helping them out because that person was not able to come and be in this home anymore because it was not safe for them. So we walked through the house, the whole place, man, it was just a complete wreck. Like imagine uh, just a house full of trash. Every single room was trash and mice and like they had actually destroyed the mice had actually destroyed so much of this house they had like burrowed in the walls and stuff like that and made like little tunnels there was over like honestly 300 something pizza boxes that the guys had actually carried out of this home Mm. um it was completely wild uh so we had to come to agree on price uh with he told me what his uh family member wanted and i said you know what i can pay that that's that's fine you know i can do that well then they caught the the family member caught covid and they were elderly oh i gotcha and i was like Hmm. you know please you know this has gotta you gotta stay healthy so i i went had to go all the way to their house because they didn't have computers and stuff had to go to their house do a paper contract and all of that kind of stuff so we did paper contract all the way to bring it to the title company Hmm. Had to delay closing a couple times just because they were sick, you know, different things. Got it closed, and then we proceeded to clean out the property. Hmm. Dude, so one one thing I, I talk about a lot on behind the deal, and so for you guys and gals watching this right now, uh, I talk about ethics a good bit, right? Because I think when we talked about you know two years ago about the the reputation of the real estate industry as a whole, not just investors but agents as well. Uh, have one of the lower reputations of all uh, professions when when the when the ratings come out and what you're talking about here Bo. number one they told you a price and you didn't try to negotiate them down because it was a fair price for you so you purchased it at the price that they offered at now that's a misnomer it's being put out there um around around the internet or even some from the well-funded tech companies there's one i was looking at the other day called sunday when they're funded with about a hundred million dollars in funding and they say we're the friendly home buyer because all of the 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 unscrupulous wholesalers out there and that's what they say it on their website and they're a massively funded company we're are we're here to try to take that business away because they're trying to undercut everybody i'm like guys yeah. sunday would never buy this property like they would never touch this property they yeah. would never buy it and 
that's where the value comes in where uh, a company like Bose, where they can come in and really see the property for the state that it is in and the value that it can be in the future and and pay someone a fair price that they actually propose and, and both both said yes to it so if if we're hearing especially in the real estate agent side if we're hearing out there about how the wholesaling side of things is unscrupulous now there might be some bad actors and they're just like there are in the real estate agent side just like there are as attorneys you know, gas pumper, it doesn't matter. Every industry has those. But at the end of the day, we have to ask what solutions can wholesalers solve that no one else can solve because they're not willing to. And they should yep. get paid very, very well to do so. So I love yeah. it, man. And I had an opportunity too to get it even cheaper because they said, I don't think that anybody would pay this price. Mm. Mm. And I just looked at him and said, you know what? I said, actually, that's that's more than I said, I absolutely can pay that price. Um, so I had, I could have got it. I probably could have got it 20,000 cheaper. Yep. Was there any but hesitation now, in that moment of like, oh, you know, you saw that, that you could have got, you know, was there any hesitation there? Uh, for about a half second, I did think to myself, you know, I had a million thoughts going through my head of like, I know I could get a better deal, but it was already such a good deal. I, I just was like, no, this is, this is, this is what I could do. Cause what it was is that they wanted what they paid for it. Hmm. They said, we just want to get everything we paid for this house back out. Hmm. And that was their ultimate goal, they said. And I said, I'll pay the price plus I'll pay all your closing costs. And the seller actually told me, she's like, you know what? I've never had any transactions my entire life where someone offered to pay my seller my closing costs. Hmm. And they were incredibly excited. And they hmm. called me probably three times since then saying, hey, thank you so much. And I've actually brought them back to the house after I got it cleaned out. That's oh, awesome. cool. That's going to feel so were, good for them. Oh, they were just like, oh my gosh. You know, they said <laughs> so the seller, you were showing the seller the house after you cleaned it out, and they went, ah, and that's oh, yeah. the suspense built up. Yes. <laughs> so they were so excited about that. They were, they were really cool to see that it just, it's coming back to life. And they were very excited about that. Cool. Dude, so at, at a high level, we're going to catch, kind of catch people up here. So, the lead came from a seller you'd worked with previously. Mm -hmm. You posted content, video content on Facebook. They saw that, went to your carrot site, converted on there as a lead. You got to talk with them, showed up. It's a hoarder house. Yep. They gave you a number. You, you accepted that number and paid for all their closing costs. And then you had, you had all this trash. So let's kind of now take it. I know, Bo, you, you've been posting some good content on this uh, on Instagram on how do you then sell properties and what, where did you sell this one? Was this one to a hedge fund or is there another source of a buyer? Kind of how did you then sell that property for that profit? So first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to actually buy this property. That's one of the things I like doing is I actually like closing on deals because mm -hmm. uh, that way, if you think you have a deal that's pretty good, you can close on it and you don't have any fear of losing that deal again. Mm -hmm. So I closed yeah. on it myself and then I was able to th go through the house. I hired a company and got it all cleaned out because mm -hmm. I had reached out to the fund and they had, they wanted the property and then they ended up wanting me to get it cleaned out. So we mm -hmm. did that, got it all cleaned out. And that's kind of how that went. But I do like closing on properties and owning them and not just a traditional sense of assignment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, it wasn't a traditional assignment and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. Hey, I, I got a question for you, Bo. We get, and then we got a question in the chat as well. But like, as a, as a newer investor myself, I'm just curious. 
I feel like hiring someone to go clean a house of that big of a disaster could either be really cheap, like is this a guy off Craigslist, or are you having SurfPro come in and paying top dollar? Like, who are you hiring to take care of a problem that big? Yes. So what I did is I actually posted in our local. Uh, we have like a investment kind of a club here locally, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I'm looking for a cleanout crew. And then I had about five different people come and uh, make bids on this property. professional clean-out or junk mm-hmm. removal companies who were reputable, and they all each told me, hey, I've done work for this person, this person, this person. I called the people, and I got good references for these people, and I found the person – actually wasn't the cheapest. I found the person who could do it the fastest that I – that I they had all their own equipment and a, a whole crew – um, I didn't try to save money on it. I didn't try to skimp on it. I just wanted it done right, in and out, done. And that was uh, one of the things I did. So I just, I just had a bunch of people come here, and make bids, and and I just chose the person, and they boom, knocked it out. That's awesome. That Facebook group. How much did that cost you? If you don't mind me asking, uh, it was right at about five thousand dollars. Okay, five or six thousand. Yeah, about right for the level of mess and the kind of crew yeah, and equipment. Six thousand, roughly about six thousand. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yep. Uh, question in the chat. I think we had already gone. Where did the original lead come from? This was they had seen it was somebody you'd worked with in the past, and then they saw a video that you had posted on Facebook, and then went to your care site and contacted you from yep. seeing that video. So the what was that? It was an organic lead. Yeah. What was the video they had seen? Do you remember? Yes, it was the first video on my Simply Sold site. If you scroll down on my Simply Sold site, it was just the main video where I'm sitting in the chair. I'm just talking about the kinds of houses that I buy. And in that video, a part of that video was actually showing me walking in another hoarder house. And so in the video, it was about a three-minute video roughly, and they are – I'm walking through uh, some – a trashy house in the video, and the seller actually references the video and said, hey – I saw the video, and I thought, hey, I know the house that's like that, and maybe he'll buy that one too. Hmm. So this lead is directly 100% correlated to this video yep. that we made. You know, And then you could get into a whole other thing is, is, is hiring a video person worth uh, – is it worth it, investing into a video person? Uh, and, a, and a professional at that, and I would absolutely say that was my best thing that I have invested in um, in the past year hmm. was hiring someone to help me create great content. And guys, one one of the reasons that's important we we've been preaching this for years, y'all. We've been preaching it for years. Is once again to to really stand out in a competitive market. We have to build authority, build authority and build trust. And the only way to do so is with content, like I said, at the start of the call. Now, if you're not good on video or you don't want to go on video, that's totally fine. You don't have to, but you need to be putting some sort of content out in order to really stand out. Now, can you can you drive leads and close deals without content? Heck yeah, you can, right? You totally can. But the question is, how many leads and deals are we losing because we haven't really built that authority because we're not building that trust because we're not putting on content that helps us stand out. Yep. And so with this video with Bo, you guys can go check it out. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'll kind of, I'll, I'll kind of jump through it. This is a really, really well done video, but if you guys don't have a full-time videographer, it doesn't matter. Like literally take your cell phone on your first version. 
Absolutely. And you, go, you know, hey, this is Trevor with ABC Buyers. I'm going to walk you through da 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 da. And you can do it at a hoarder house that you just purchased or whatever. Just start somewhere because you can always swap that video out for something else. But I really do like the way that you did this one, man. Where you're explaining to them. Yeah, you're explaining how how you can help them. And then I'm going to go find one of the spots where you bring in other footage like that right there. Yeah, it's about right in there. There we go. There we go. Yeah. You can see this is an entire basement and a house full of a bunch of stuff, like just Mm -hmm. so much stuff in this house. And they saw this exact clip here and said, you know, man, I I bet that they'll buy my house too. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it wouldn't have been for this clip. And And this is the stuff investors think of as normal because this is your, I mean, this is your daily life. You're in and out of houses like this all the time. Investors think, oh, this is just my job, but you're not going to find this on a traditional broker site. People aren't going to advertise that. No, man. And you know what? So many investors, they just disregard this kind of stuff and say, you know, it's not that important. I don't want to do that stuff. I don't want to hire this person or invest in this kind of a, in a video person, or that's a big chunk to bite off, right? To invest in that. But but look, it, the results speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely try to do it yourself and you know, start with your iPhone. My God, I did that too. At the very beginning, I was shooting videos myself, but get it out there at least. Get the content out there to where it's on your website and share it with people, right, and share it. That's really, really important. Mm, I love it. That's awesome. Um, I had a question. So this deal you said took a – took a couple months to close what i can't remember but what are you advertising in uh like are you a lot of investors will say you know we can close in 30 days or we can close in seven days cash are you advertising anything like that and would do that put oh, pressure oh, yeah. on you I, like oh I, I gotta get it done and i could have closed this we the title was done in less than a week on this but the lady caught covid mm-hmm. and uh so i i couldn't close because she couldn't come to the closing table so i had to wait for another two weeks or something like that just to get her over covid and then we actually did the closing where she stayed in her car and the attorneys just handed the paper you know through the uh, the window and she just was signing in her car the whole time i still Hmm. did get a review but it's like her she's in her car with a mask and it was super weird and we just kind of waved you know (laughs) but uh yeah yeah, it, it was it was a unique situation. It took me about probably three weeks to get the whole thing closed, but yeah, absolutely. I, I say that I can close in as as fast as they want because I'm actually the buyer, right? That I've actually pivoted to where I'm the buyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else? <clears throat> excuse me. Anything else besides her getting COVID that hung it up, or was that pretty much it? Uh, at the beginning, I had to go through her uh, her relative, so I didn't have her number. At the beginning, right? So I had – I was communicating through one person, and then that person had a lot of stuff going on, and then that person – I was saying, hey, can you ask them if they're going to accept my offer, right? So I was going – it was like a daisy chain thing. I'm having to ask one person and to ask this person, and then he was like, ah, just just call her. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, great. So I called her and I said, hey, I'm the guy buying your house. And she was like, oh, great. She's like, well – she was like, I live in this town. And I said, okay, I'll I'll come over there. When's a good time for me to come over there? In the next two hours. I just framed it just like that. When is the next time? In the next two hours, when can I come over there? And she said, at this time. And I said, great, I'll be there. Mm. Gave me the address, went over to the house, got it signed. Boom, we're done. Hmm. Interesting. Is so, that pretty typical of you to like say, when's the next time in the next couple hours? Do you find that effective? Yes, because – 
if you don't use language like that when you're talking to a seller, if you don't use language that is uh, framing uh, how you want the outcome to be, you know, I framed it. When's the best time in the next two hours for uh, for me to come? Right. So I framed it. My uh, my ideal situation is in the next two hours for me to get this done. Mm-hmm. When in that time frame, I gave them a little bit of time. When in that is good for you, and I'm making them make an answer that I already like. Yep. Right. I already like the next two hours. I can come anytime in that time, and I framed it that way so she would answer how I wanted her to answer. So she said, hey, 4 o'clock. I said, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, I'm already okay with anything she says. I'm already okay. So I, I always try to frame it like when's the best time. We have a 12 available. Uh, we have a 12, 3, or 5. Right? Mm-hmm. I frame it to how I want the outcome to be. So Because a lot of times people cannot make quality decisions far out into the future. Mm-hmm. And far out for them might be 24 hours. So I have to – I have to really frame this up to where I set it up for them to win really because they might say, oh, I'm busy, and they're not really busy, but they they may think they're busy. So I have to frame it with here's here's our options. Which one is best for you? Mm-hmm. And so if you do that, that really helps set up yourself for success to make sure that you get in front because they say, I got child – I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow with my grandkids and all this different stuff, and they're not really doing anything. But if you set that up, you'll a lot of times it will help you get in front of more people. Dude, that's gold right there. I've seen that same stuff in in copywriting too, and any sort of marketing we do. It's like anytime you you if you don't have that specific ask, it's just it's not going to work. I've noticed this even in like I'll do um like cold email pitching. You know, we'll be booking Trevor on podcasts, and I've noticed there's a massive difference between like. Let me know. Anytime I've ever typed the words, let me know. It's like backspace. Nope, it's not going to work. You say, let me know, or let me know if you're interested. It's never going to work. But if it says even something as simple as like, are you game? Or, you know, would you be interested in doing X specific thing at this date? It's like that specific ask because it's causing Mm -hmm. them to open that loop in their mind and they're asking themselves that question. It's like, am I available the next day? Your brain can't help but think that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's so specific. You have to throw out a lot of specifics because if you don't do that, um, people are going to be as busy as uh, the president of the United States. You know, they're going to be so <laughs> their their schedule is going to be impossible. You know, even if they're sitting at home watching TV and they they just it's not a a level priority for them. So you have to frame things. If you want something from somebody, you have to say, "Hey, I'm available at this time." If not, people are not going to arbitrarily look through their phone and be like, "You know what? Oh yeah, let's just do it." I'm available at this time. Let's just schedule it for next week. I'm, you know, you have to be very, very intentional on on what you want or you won't get it. I love it. And there's probably so many people that are watching this too that that when they're booking those appointments, they're probably saying something like, hey, when works best for you for me to come over? Just this completely open thing, right? Versus- yeah, they're going to say, they're gonna say, oh, how's uh, two weeks on Saturday? Yep, exactly. And then and between then and now, now and then, they're going to be like already sold the house and closed. Yep, exactly. And guys, for, for all of you guys setting appointments like two, three, four days out, uh, which I know many of you guys and gals are, uh, that right there, then there's a guy like Bo who who set the appointment in the next two hours, and he's already got it under contract before you ever even get it on your schedule. So make sure that you guys are really working on that. I'm going to share the screen really quick here. This is the deal. Uh, there's some, you know, there was a good question from Jake, how where the original lead come from? 
So this is inside of, of uh, Bo's carrot site. So it came through at 12.43 p.m. I was probably sitting down after lunch like, man, I got to solve this thing. And this is, is, this is the house, at least that Google says it is. Is this, is this the house? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that's the house. So it doesn't look bad from the outside, right? I mean, there's, mm -hmm. I guess you can look at it and there's some of the windows kind of have, you know, look a little bit disheveled. <laughs> yeah, that's the um, Satanist room up there. <laughs> yeah. The yard needs mowed and stuff like that, but it's not like it's a terribly messy house from the outside and no, the rest yeah. of the houses in the neighborhood looks, looks similar. Yep. It's just fine. It's a great, great little neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Fenced yep. in backyard. And so this property here, you ended up selling it. What was that to a hedge fund and just turning it to rental for property for them? Yeah. So the bulk of what we do is, is what my goal is, is every single deal that I ever get, I only want to sell to hedge funds. I don't want to sell to mom and pop investors anymore. I don't want to, I don't like the, the ups and downs and the demands and all of that stuff that they give you. Now, let me say this, like hedge funds, they come with their own set of problems and issues. Um, but your local investor, they're going to give you the all of the little, little the runaround and try to beat you up on price and you know this is the whole this is the game right it's the game that they play. Uh, I don't like doing that, so I I sell strictly to hedge funds and I try to get deals that go to hedge funds. Luckily, this one was one of those deals where it went. It I knew immediately when I saw it mm -hmm. that it was going straight to a hedge fund, so I reached out and I said, "Hey, got these details, got pictures." Um, Actually, I only got pictures of the outside, and I said the inside is a complete mm. wreck. You know, the inside's a complete wreck. So, got all that done, and uh, they said yes. They sent me an offer, and uh, we went through inspection periods, which they have to have real inspections, like from a home inspection company. Mm. They really inspect the house. They do all of that stuff, and then they will come back uh, and set. You'll set your closing date, and you just have, it's kind of a waiting game. From there, and sometimes they can kick the can down the road a, a bit. But this was supposed to close originally March first, um, but then they, you know, said, "Hey, we need to close it later." Dude, on on the hedge fund side of things, I know you and I have talked a good bit about this. Is, is there buying changing lately? Has it slowed down? Has it sped up? Kind of what what's been changing lately with the hedge fund side of things? So on the hedge fund front, what it's like now is. Uh, in the last couple of years, they've they've been a lot more open to the criteria of what they actually buy. Hmm. Uh, they've been able to buy a lot more things, and then they've really narrowed their criteria down this year, um, starting the end of last year into this year to buying uh, newer homes, bigger homes, uh, still in the blue-collar, I would say, sphere. Hmm. And if you're from anywhere from the Midwest – when I say blue collar, I'm speaking on price point of really under two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, but ideally, uh, in my dream scenario, under two hundred thousand. Mm, yeah. If I could, I just make the perfect deal, right? It would be under two hundred thousand dollar ARV. Okay. That would be my perfect deal. They they're missing their marks by fifty percent, and they have the last several months mm. on across the nation. They're missing how much, how many properties and assets that they buy. So say they wanted to buy. They wanted to spend fifty million dollars. They're only spending twenty five. Gotcha. You know, so they're falling behind a little bit. So I think that they're going to have to open up that criteria to make sure that they hit mm -hmm. that mark. Dude, here's here's something I want to run by. I've, I've been thinking about it, and I've had some conversations with some extremely extremely high level um, investors. Like one of the guys is, depending on who you ask, probably top two or top three by volume home buyers in the country. We were talking about three weeks ago, and. Um, 
kind of talking about where things are going. And of course, the hedge funds and a lot of people are buying rental assets uh, for one reason, because the stock market's overheated a lot right now. And it's so like, where are they going to put this capital, right? The, the hedge funds put capital in spots that are going to give them the best returns for, for their clients. And the stock market's really overheated. So then you go, okay, well, that asset class there, unless you're really, really focused on, on equities, and finding deals there, there's not as many deals now on the equity side as there was five, six, seven, eight years ago. So you look at other asset classes, right? You look at oil and all those types of things, very, very volatile right now. But then you look at real estate where rental real estate has just been getting more and more aggressive as far as the competition goes and rents keep on going up, inflation's going up. And as you're looking at an inflationary period, like we're going into y'all, you wanna make sure that you have investments in an asset that can also outpace inflation. And so when we look at where the hedge funds are spending money, they're putting it here. Now, here's, here's the thing that's interesting. As I've been digging in more and more, and you look at the, the dynamic with America, China, things like that, where our debt's going, right? And so more and more, China's been buying up physical assets in America, houses, property, commercial real estate, gold, the whole thing. And here, here's kind of this, this gets in like economics here pretty deeply. As soon as, uh, as soon as like, like the U S is never going to default on the, on the, on the note to China, we're never going to default on it because we're just going to keep on printing more money, right? We're just going to keep printing more money, making our money worth less and less. We're going to be sending this, this money to China. They're taking that money and, and then buying U S assets with the money. As soon as that debt, uh, starts to tip over on the balance of how much assets they buy, uh, they own from America, they're going to like not care about the money anymore because they already own half of America. And what I'm thinking is going to happen is in about eight to nine years, these hedge funds are going to want to sell their big assets, their big portfolios, right? They're not going to go and likely, I feel, and they're not going to go list their 30,000 houses on the MLS. Not happening. They might list some of them, the ones at the highest margins. They're going to take Sorry, those agents, that's not happening. Dude, exactly. They're going to take them and sell them in bulk to a buyer. And I think China's going to come in and like it's going to be one of the biggest swaps of wealth all in like a 24 to 36 month period where china's gonna be owning like a third of all residential rental real estate in one fell swoop and so oh, I, it's if gonna be watching this you need to rewind this for the last five minutes and listen to this again this is ex this is absolutely uh, is happening right now mm -hmm. is that the biggest portion of american rental real estate right now is being bought up by wall street yep and we're being made a nation of renters and if you want to know why you can't find houses worth one hundred fifty thousand dollars, is because it's being bought up by the hedge funds and now the people who would normally buy a hundred fifty thousand dollar house now those people are saying you know what let's stretch our budget to two hundred thousand so yeah. everybody who would normally buy a two hundred thousand dollar house the people who are at the 150 mark, they're buying the $200,000 house and then so forth. It's, it's like a big snowball effect, and it's going to continue to happen, and it's only going to get hotter because as inflation rises and we see these numbers keep going up, we're going to continue to see uh, less and less inventory because the hedge against inflation is buying real assets. Yep. And so yep. anybody who asks me all the time, I'm like, great. You want to sit down and talk about conspiracies and economics or you want to talk about the real stuff here, like what's actually happening? This is not a conspiracy. This is real yep. stuff. And if I could have 200 houses a month, uh, I could sell all of them to the hedge funds. So if you're out there, by the way, send me your deals in yep. major markets because we can get full price. Mm -hmm. um, it's absolutely insane. Dude, I'm reading a, a book by Ray Dalio. I mean, it's it's massive right now. It's like three inches thick. But um, I can't remember the, the name of the book. It's, it's his second book. It's a, this big black one. And it talks about 
kind of that that changing of the guard, that new world order that that likely is coming. I know this is getting out of real estate, but I think it's very important that as investors or entrepreneurs, we we need to have an idea of the macro, not just the micro. And I think very often as entrepreneurs, we just have the micro. What's happening in my little neighborhood or my little world or just for, with my wholesaling business? But if we step up a bit and, and, and we ask, okay, what's happening in the micro or on the macro, especially with agents, what might happen in three, four, five, six, seven years, right? And and as you kind of look at empires, and I'm go, going off on a tangent here, but we'll loop it back into real estate and what's happening right now with hedge funds. We'll answer your question, John, here in a second. Um, but what's happening right now if we look at empires and the study that Ray Dalio did in there, he studied empires going back thousands of years and looked at all of the different criteria that led to an empire to grow. And then he mapped all the, the world empires and why they grew, why they ended up dying, and then how the world empires started to weave in and out, right? And the average time for world for an empire is about 150 to 250 years, plus or minus, he said, about 100 years. Okay. And so China's had a massive world empire. They went away and now they're starting to come back. Um, the, the, the world empire before us was, was great Britain. And then they, they went away. And then before us, before them, it was somebody else. And as you start to look at it, uh, number one, uh, the country gets really, really hungry in the early stages to become an empire. They start to produce, they start to manufacture, they start to add value. They start to really build their military power in those early days. And there's a lot of other things that get attached to it. And eventually that world power likely becomes the currency, the, the default currency in the world for that period of time, which we are with the US dollar. But when it starts to decline, it's the things that we were talking about there. We get over bloated with our, we're overextended on the military side. We get lazy because we've been prosperous as a country and we stop innovating. Our education goes, goes downhill. In the early stages, education is number one, you know, and then it goes downhill. If we look at where China's been the last 30 years, they've been focusing on education so hard. We're getting lazy over here, guys. And so I don't know when it's going to happen, but you can start to see these things converging. And then eventually when that shift happens, the default currency changes. This currency starts to go to zero and then there's a reset. And then we start the whole process over again for the next one, two, three hundred years. And um, it, it's it's something I think we everyone I encourage everyone to study that macroeconomics. Grab the book that Brady popped up there. At least look at the pictures. If you look at nothing else, just look at the pictures, because even the pictures will make you even more um, you know, caught up in what's happening. And during this phase, like Bo is saying, he's selling everything to hedge funds right now because they're giving the highest prices. Now, we can't ask the question of shoot, are we then? you know, submitting to our demise with having China buy that in eight or nine years, possibly, but what is the other option? They're going to, they're going to do it anyway. And we may as well become, um, you know, financially well off during this process. So we can then take those funds and invest them in the right spots to keep things, you know, as much as we possibly can uh, in America, if possible, but um, Absolutely. it's wild yeah. guys. So it John asked, dude, it, it is, man. John asked, um, how did you find the hedge funds that you're working with? Oh, that's a good question, John. Um, that's the answer is really silly and um, yeah, silly, but it's interesting. They found me mm. on on YouTube content. Ah, <laughs> content, baby! Is they found me on online. The guy actually found me, reached out to me through my carrot site. Yep, and um, found out and um, reached out. Yeah, that's. That's pretty much it, man. That's how that's how they, they found me. Um, yeah, so, so we 
that's that's they're really hard to get a hold of because in every different market they are um they're not in every market, but I, but I don't know what market you're in, John. So uh, I can't speak to exactly who's in your market or where, where they're at. But uh, there's more than likely there's lots and lots of different funds out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, A level funds. You know that are huge, uh, and even all the way down to like funds that will buy like D class properties. They are out there. Um, and then even I'm even seeing this is crazy. And I didn't think we would get on this tangent here, but. Yep. Um, I think it's necessary uh, for those of you who want to listen to this stuff is, you know, I'm even seeing like micro share style funds being created to, to buy properties like funds. They're uh, funds are pulling tons and tons of money together and they're doing fractional ownership Mm. um, funds for real estate. And they are, they're popping up in all these different markets and it's super, super intriguing to see this whole thing changing. So if you're if you're out there and you're a wholesaler or you're an investor, flipper, whoever you are, realtor, this is real. And you mm-hmm. can, you just need to figure out how you can structure your business to make sure that you're doing the best thing for your family, your local business. And um, you know, because I could have flipped this house, I could have done all this stuff, but I would have never made the made the money I, I made on this deal. Mm-hmm. And guys, and, and it's a finite window, right? So it, as we kind of look back at at the the crash in 2007 8 you know going into 9 i think a lot of us look back and go oh my gosh if i would only have known that the cycle was going to shift at that time i would have made different decisions in my investing or i would have known that those were opportunities or you know for me looking back it's like okay if i know there's a crash then it's about 2 to 3 years later is when i'm probably going to get the best values maybe even 4 years when i'm going to get the best values so that your your second homes vacation homes tra- crash first and they come up last and and this next one, I'm going to go, I want to buy a couple places in certain spots. And it's probably going to be a couple of years after things mm-hmm. might take a dip, which who knows when that's going to be. Because like we were saying, the dynamics are in a spot where prices keep on going up right now. But this is a finite window on the hedge fund side of things. And like Bo was saying, guys, uh, the way that these hedge funds found Bo to where he could sell his properties is he leveraged content. He leveraged a carrot website and he launched his, his um, cash buyer website on carrot. So you can see this company's paying for ads. This company's paying for ads. This company's paying for ads. And then Bo has his Facebook page here, uh, which is set up there. And he, he named it after a phrase that someone who's looking for discount properties might search. Okay. Louisville wholesale houses. And so they land here and they can see that he's active. They can see that he's he's reputable. They can see that he's a real business. There's a link to his carrot site right there. And then over here in Google, the number two result right, be- right behind his Facebook is also Bo, but it's his carrot site. Organically, you know, he launched this website. It's showing up in Google. He, he did some basic modifications to it, added a logo, very simple logo, customized some of the pictures, uh, added a video once again. So now he's got a personal connection so people can see that this isn't just a fly-by-night guy. And I think that's really important. Those of you who are launching your cash buyer sites or your motivated seller sites with, with Carrot or your agent sites, make sure to get some level of video content on there. I don't care if you think you're bad at video or not. Guys, just get something on there because that's you. That's your face. That's your voice. That is the person you're going to be, you know, you're going to be talking to those people. And so get them out there and just, just have that confidence to embrace yourself. And so then they start posting properties on here and this is how he's, he's reeled them in guys. So if you have not launched a cash buyer site on your carrot site, uh, carrot system yet, launch the cash buyer site. You know, let me say this because I don't think you would say this. I can say this because I don't get paid by your company. (laughs) So 
for those of you guys who are out there watching this uh, and you're you haven't gotten into this yet and you haven't set up your website, don't set up your website and then just leave it sit there and then complain about, oh, it looks the same as all of other websites. This is a template. This is the very foundational beginning for you to, to customize it and make it your own site. Do that through media and posts and video and all this kind of cool stuff and get out there and make your your thing over time. You know, Spend the next three to six months really customizing and, and make it a scheduled thing that you do. Like put it on your schedule like, hey, I'm going to work on my website on Monday You know, for this time block and get out there and do it like just don't but don't buy it and then complain about it get out there and do it and crush it you can see like we had google my business and like three or four spots on the first page yep. all from just getting out there and doing work you just got to put in the work though i love it well guys let's we'll wrap this part of it up and um i'm going to share something and brady do you have anything to share i think we should talk about summit for yeah. sure anything else I got one tip. Um, one thing we like to do on the show is a little short segment called tips that actually work. We just like to share something short and tactical with you. Usually you can do it in your marketing, your website. Uh, but one thing that's super relevant to our conversation today, um, the tip is use real photos on your website. Yes. Um, a lot of times people will get a carrot website and they'll launch it. They'll say, okay, cool. Maybe they'll tweak a few things. Maybe they'll add a picture of themselves. But this is one thing I wish people would do more of is when I say use real photos, you can see this in Bo's website, but um, there's a couple different areas. So headshots of yourself. I've even seen family photos, something to show that you're you're personal, you're personable, that you're a real human. Um, but more importantly than that, besides showing people that you're a human and not just a, an entity or business, um, the photos from your area. Um, houses in your area, find some off Google, go, you know, on your way to work, snap a couple pictures and throw them on your website versus the stock photos, because people will see those, um, whether it's a house in a neighborhood or well, it's, whether it's like the look and feel of a house in your neighborhood, people will associate that with their air, with that area that they're in and it will build more trust and credibility versus a stock photo. I mean, Nine out of 10 times people recognize a stock photo when they see a stock photo. And then um, the last one, the one that I never thought of until today when we're watching Bo's video is the types of houses that you work with, which the carousites and it do a good job of this and people do a good job of this in their, in their written content usually is like, you know, we deal with these types of homes and these types of situations. That's great in text, but people much more quickly associate with with just an image. It's so much easier to say, Hey, these are the homes. And so had Bo not had that video on his website of like him walking through a hoarder house, the person would not have gone, Oh, immediate connection in their brain of Bo deals with these types of houses. So maybe have a picture for each type of situation you can help somebody solve or the different house that you. And that's what we did in our video was we went through hoarder houses. We went through Houses that need rehabbed. We went through spick and span clean houses. Every kind of house that you could actually have. The only house that we missed was an expensive house. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's not too much of the people I'm going after. So that's the reason I didn't put it in there. Oh, there it is. The suspense is building again. We got five seconds of suspense while both internet buffers. Am I out now? I'm out of the internet buffer jail. I've had well, such internet. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, maybe the content is so good that they're trying to shut me down. Yes. Um, but just grab your phone, and even if you're getting in a house that you don't, that you didn't buy or contract, grab your phone. If you're walking through the house, say, "Hey, guys, we're in this house, and we buy houses just like this one." You know, you don't have to buy that one. You just have to. Um. I think we're there. I think we're back now. Yep. Um, 
you don't have to put it on a contract to say that you buy houses like that, but you just need to get the content, take pictures of it in it, you know, of you in it, take videos of it and just make a collection of all of your, your video stuff that you're doing and then use it and put it on the site. In it, if you didn't catch anything else from this episode or that tip alone, what Bo said, in the house. I see so many investors on Instagram taking pictures. It's like one picture of the outside of the house. Every flip from the outside looks almost virtually the same. It's like take a picture of the inside. Walk through it, man. Because what you're doing is you're letting – and I'll end with this – is you're letting when you make these videos of you walking through a house, take your phone, walk through it. You're letting the person who also might own a home like that Hmm. see – that you're not afraid to be in a home like that one. So that person will identify themselves with the clean house if they're in a clean house. If a hoarder house, if you're in a hoarder house, if it's a needs a total rehab and it's gutted to the studs, they're going to see, hey, oh, man, that's my person might be a great fit because they already are in that kind of house. So it's really, really important, and I, I think it's I think it's something everybody should do. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, we're going to we're going to lead to a wrap here and I'm going to share my screen really quick. So if you're listening to this live uh, and, and if you guys are not listening to this live, go to carrot.com forward slash behind carrot.com forward slash behind or carrot.com forward slash deal, uh, whichever one. They'll both get to the same spot. I'm probably using the wrong link. <laughs> like, you guys will get there and subscribe to behind the deal because you're going to be able to show up live, ask us questions, engage in us live every other Thursday. So go check that out. But right now, uh, if you're listening to this live or even after, you guys can check out the recordings. Go to carrot.com uh, go to carrotsummit.com. So carrotsummit.com. And we've got our live two-day summit coming up next week, actually. So it's it's six days out from the time we're recording this live. If you're listening to this recorded, go to carrotsummit.com still because you can access and purchase the recordings. Now, guys, with this summit, one thing that we were wanting to do, and Brady's been leading this effort and just doing an amazing, massive job really championing the summit, creating the summit, and, and driving it. We've got some of the biggest experts in the country, including Mr. Bo Hollis. He's going to back on with us next week. We've got Max Maxwell, been a Carrot customer for many, many years, and uh, amazing entrepreneur. He's coming on the summit. We've got Pace Morby, a good friend of mine and one of the biggest you know investors in this space now. He's on A&E. He's, just, he's, he's a massive rising star. We've got uh, Diedrich uh, uh, Polite and in and they also have a show on A and E. We've got Mr. Tom Ferry, the largest real estate agent coach in the world. We've got Tim Bratz, uh, owns you know, and controls four hundred million dollars plus in multifamily. We've got Tyler Ford. We've got the home buying guys. Uh, we've got everybody. Krista Mishra. Like we can keep on listing it, but just go to carrot.com or go to carrotsummit.com. Check it out. Completely free event to show up to live. Now, if you want the recordings of it. Right after you submit your information uh, to get the invite, to get the calendar invite and the link to join live, it's Wednesday and Thursday next week, March 30th and 31st. We're going all day, like 7 a.m., 7 p.m. Pacific time. We're jamming out all day to bring as much possible value for you guys as we can to help you grow your lead flow, to help you do be a better investor, better agent, better hybrid, and to win back more of your time. But you can go and purchase the recordings of the summit for 50% off if you do it before the summit starts. So the recordings, about 20 plus hours of content are going to be $200 if you get them at the summit. And we'll give you the the last two summits recordings as well, which are also amazing. If you do the pre-sale purchase, it's only 99 bucks. And we know that many of you won't be able to make it to the entire summit all 
you know, 20 plus hours of the summit. So if there's certain sessions where like, man, I can't make that live, or we have breakout sessions where you, you have to pick one of the breakout sessions, you want to get access to both. It's only going to be 99 bucks before the summit to get those recordings. You'll have access as long as you want them. And guys, we're pumped to see you guys there. So come carrotsummit.com, invite people and we'll see you there. Oh, we're gonna have an amazing time together. So I'm pumped about it. Yeah, there's an amazing lineup. Uh, Good Girl Property says, awesome lineup. Be there, bring your whole team. If you're part of a RIA, if you're part of whatever, come to the event. We wanna help this change your life, change your business. All right, guys, we will see you there, carrotsummit.com. Seriously, I'm going to keep rambling on about this for just a second. I know Trevor is trying to wrap, but like this is one of the biggest things we do all year. We put out a lot of content. We do masterminds, all sorts of stuff. And other people in our industry right now are charging anywhere from 200 to 500 bucks uh, for an event like this. I'm not knocking them. They should. We're, we're honestly a little crazy for doing this for free. But this is like the, the most high value thing we do all year. Mm-hmm. Um, let me share my screen. I'm going to share up the uh the schedule real quick here okay yeah a lot of these names trevor mentioned we got you know we got trevor we got pace morby david green yeah david green from bigger pockets talking about where the industry is headed these breakout sessions i'm really excited for because you know it's you're gonna have to pick one or the other unless you get the recordings but um tyler austin owner of reicf carrot customer investor talking about how to uh basically use uh better data and better lists in your marketing um, advanced SEO se- session. We had Andy Andy Kalaji on the podcast recently talk about how he's getting 60 leads a month, all organic. Uh, him and Keith are going to be breaking that down. Um, one of the things I'm most excited for is we got these panel discussions, something new with the summit this year that we didn't do the past uh, in prior summits, but uh, we have panel discussion day one on, on hybrid. Um, a case for going hybrid is the agent investor business model, the key to long-term success. And we're having an investor on there, Tyler Ford, who's been a customer with us for years, and Shamika, who's a CARE member as well. Um, but uh, Shamika is a pure agent and Tyler's a hybrid. And we're going to talk about the differences and why you might consider the hybrid business model. And then day two, super relevant to our conversation today, we're having an entire um panel discussion on the ethics of investing um the the ethics of wholesaling does higher ethics equal higher profits you know it's exactly what bo was talking about today he could have um he could have offered a lower price and there's lots of opportunities for wholesalers to take advantage of sellers and uh, so we're gonna you know have a panel to highlight some of the the good ethical investors and try and raise the bar for the industry um Tim Bratz on commercial, uh, Jen, Trevor's assistant is going to be on there live talking about delegation and uh, that assistant relationship. I mean, there's th- this thing is jam packed. We got too many guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get back to back here on the uh, day two here. Yeah, both back to back. We got John yep. Martinez. Well, some of our most popular content ever has been on negotiation. Um, John Martinez and Bo Hollis, we've done negotiation content in the past, but this will be a good opportunity to do it live, hmm. give people a chance to really ask questions and dig in. We'll have a Q&A going through the whole thing, and we'll be answering questions on live, and then um, we'll have a chance to network with people at the end of the summit as well. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We're going to get no sleep. <laughs> and guys we've, we've already got well over a thousand people signed up for it so by the time the summit comes there's probably going to be thousands signed up for it and uh we're just really pumped to be hanging out with you guys for a couple of days so check it out carrotsummit.com share it with everybody uh let's blow this thing up make it the biggest baddest collection of real estate investors real estate agents hybrids um in the entire industry so bo appreciate you today buddy as always you. and this, it's so much fun seeing you continue to grow, 
You continue to bring amazing deals back to behind the deal. And uh, love, love you being a part of the Carrot ecosystem and family, man. Appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks, Brady. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week at the summit. Yeah. Awesome. See you, man. I'm excited. Thank you, guys. Hit subscribe on YouTube to watch these if you're watching over there or if you're watching this on or listening to this on the podcast. Subscribe on the podcast as well. But, guys, go to carrot.com forward slash deal. Check out, check this out. Get notified before every behind the deal where we break down a deal every two weeks. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Talk soon.